This is Morning Edition on NHPR. I'm Rick Ganley, and it's time for the New Hampshire News Recap. Mental health care providers in New Hampshire are asking lawmakers for $30 million to address dire staff shortages. Providers say that shortage is causing delays in treatment and long wait times in emergency rooms for people in crisis. The New Hampshire Bulletin's Emery Timmons has been covering this issue, and she joins us now in the studio. Good morning, Emery. Good morning. So adults and children with mental health crises are, are often held involuntarily in emergency rooms for days, even weeks at a time, because there just aren't enough psychiatric beds for inpatient services. Now, this has been a perennial issue in New Hampshire. What are the consequences for people experiencing a mental health crisis? It's really like any illness. Um, if you're not getting the preventive care that you need, you know, counseling, maybe the right medication, to safely manage your illness, which you can do with treatment, um, you aren't able to avoid an emergency. And so you do end up in an emergency room. Um, and in that location, you're not getting treatment. It's a very, very painful place to spend any time in a mental health crisis. You know, Susan Stearns at NAMI New Hampshire makes a really good point about this. When you call for help in a mental health emergency, you're really out of time. You don't have any more time to wait. And I checked the numbers this morning. Uh, we have 40 adults and 16 children waiting in an emergency room for a hospital bed. And in one case, there's a 15-year-old boy who is going on day 29. Hmm. And it, I, I can speak from personal experience. It's a place where you feel worse. Um, it, you have to do it. It's safe, but it's not a place to get treatment. They're not getting the treatment they really need. How are staffing issues affecting the, the number of beds that are available, Emory? The, when hospitals are short on staff, they close beds. And so we have beds available that can't be filled because of understaffing. A New Hampshire hospital has about 180 beds for adults. It's the biggest hospital in the state. This week, 31 beds were closed because of understaffing. At Hampstead, which is the only site for children, nine beds were closed. And if you think back to those numbers I just gave you for waiting lists at the ER, you know, if those beds were open, that number would be cut in half for both groups. Now, again, this has been an ongoing issue here in New Hampshire. What are the other factors that have contributed to, to this shortage of mental health care workers? Really, um, wages are the biggest culprit. You know, the state's 10 community mental health centers um, they see about 60,000 people a year. They rely primarily on Medicaid. Um, they've got 340 clinical vacancies. Those are the people that work with patients. And because they are primarily funded by Medicaid, they say they can't pay competitive wages. And, for example, their median salary for a psychologist is $40,000 less than the national median salary. So th those numbers, it's really hard to recruit and retain staff. And I imagine that there's other factors here, too. I mean, you know, proximity to Massachusetts, higher pay. Are there other issues that, that are contributing to this staff shortage? Yes. There's something that um, former DHH Commissioner Lori Chabonet would call the backdoor problem, and that's you can't discharge people if there's nowhere for them to go. And so this week, 50, so a third of the hospital beds at New Hampshire Hospital were being taken by people who were well enough for discharge but they had nowhere to go, you know, whether that be an apartment or a group home or residential home, you know, for people who can leave but can't live independently yet. They rely on this, you know, step-down housing, and there's just a dire shortage of that, and so they can't leave. The New Hampshire Community Behavioral Health Association is asking for nearly $30 million now to address these long wait times for mental health services. 
What do healthcare providers say that money is actually going to do to solve the issue? This would all, almost all of this would go to wages. And so it would be an additional $30 million a year. And they think that is really critical to recruiting staff and retaining staff. You know, at, at um, Riverbend Community Mental Health, they lose 45% of their staff within the first year. If they can keep people on, they, they tend to stay. You know, some people at Riverbend have been there t- 10, 15, 20 years. It's really a mission-driven kind of job. And if you can keep them, they'll stay. Um, but without those wages, it's too easy to go somewhere else. And, you know, they understand people have to make a living. Right. And I, I imagine, you know, high caseloads, uh, lots of people to take care of. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a burnout factor there. There is a burnout. I mean, think about if you go into a field to help people and you leave every day knowing we help these people, but look at all these people we couldn't help. It's, hmm. it's, a, it's a terrible feeling. Now, the state has spent millions to expand mental health treatment over the last couple of years. Where has that money gone? And, and you know, it, why is it not making the impact that it needs to? It's, um, it's gone at all levels from that backdoor problem. I, re- I referenced uh, to buying a mental health center. They've bought, state has bought Hampstead Hospital for kids, but you know that's the staff shortages, an increased demand uh, over the pandemic, has really not been able to solve the problem. Um, and so, two of the bigger things they've done um, that have been pretty significant has been um, a new 24-hour rapid response access point. It's a mouthful, but it's a place where people can call for crisis um, and get, you know, help right away. And and that's at You can reach that 988 or visit nh988.com. You can call, text, um, and whatnot. And then the other is really important, too. It's the expansion of these mobile crisis response teams. We used to have three in the state, you know, one at three community mental health centers. Now they all have one. And they can really go to where you are in a time of crisis at any time of day. And it really gives you, you know, it, it's a way to be safe. It's also an alternative to go into the emergency room, which is really not the place you want to be. Absolutely. Emory Timmons is a senior reporter at the New Hampshire Bulletin. Emory, thank you so much for, for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Rick. And again, you can find more of her work at NewHampshireBulletin.com. And I, I do want to reiterate what Emory just said. The 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline is available for individuals in crisis or for those looking to help someone else. Now, to speak with a trained listener, you can call 988 or visit 988lifeline.org for crisis chat services or to get more information. It is Morning Edition here on New Hampshire Public Radio. We're recapping this week's news. If you've got some questions about what has been going on in the state and you can inform our reporting, we would love to hear from you always. Please email us at voices at nhpr.org. Now, we've got some very cold weather coming to us this weekend. I felt it today when I came into the studio through a snow squall. When I left the house, it was 26 degrees. Right now, it's 12. Joining us now to talk about the latest news in the weather department is NHPR's Maura Hoplamese. And good morning, Maura. Good morning, Rick. So, Maura, how, how bad could, could temperatures really get this weekend? Yeah, they could get they could get really bad. The math, the National Weather Service says we could see um, once in a generation cold with wind chills getting as low as 50 below zero. And, you know, at those temperatures, it can be really dangerous to be outside. Frostbite can set in in as little as 10 minutes and hypothermia is also a danger. I was at a press conference yesterday with state officials who said they're taking this seriously. Governor Chris Nunu called the situation unprecedented and encouraged Granite Staters to check in on other people and get prepared. Here's what he said. Be a good neighbor. 
check in on your family members, check in on folks that might be elderly, check in on folks that might have some additional needs or resources, uh, especially during this very, it's a tight window, but it's going to get so extreme so fast, we uh, don't want anybody to be taken by surprise. Maura, what should people know if, if they're, they're planning on, on being outside this weekend and, and what, should, what else should they be preparing for? Yeah, you know, really the advice is to avoid being outside if possible. So definitely for those who are planning a hike or another outdoor activity, find a different weekend. Um, Jay Broccolo is director of weather operations at the Mount Washington Observatory, and he says this weekend it's going to be a really bad situation above treeline, especially. It can really only take you taking a glove off and then within a minute your, uh, your fingers are almost unable uh, to move because your body has pulled the blood away from your fingers. Um, even goggles breathing um, outside um, <clears throat> can freeze over your goggles so that you can't see. Um, having multiple pairs of goggles may not even help you. Um, so it's a really dire situation. And, you know, if people need to be outside, there's some precautions they can take. Wearing a lot of layers of loose-fitting warm clothing is better than one big heavy jacket. Um, you know, wearing gloves and a hat to keep heat in and a scarf to protect your lungs is important. Um, staying dry. And it's also important to know the signs of hypothermia. So that's shivering, confusion, cool and pale skin, slurred speech. Um, and if you or someone else is experiencing those symptoms, it's important to call for emergency help immediately. Yeah. People experiencing homelessness, Mara, especially vulnerable with these extreme temperatures. What is the, what's the state doing to help this weekend? Yeah, absolutely. So state officials say they've been working with municipal leaders and local service agencies to do outreach and connect with people who are experiencing homelessness to distribute information about resources that are available. There's state-funded emergency shelters that are open. Um, that's about 750 beds available, according to the health department. And when it gets super cold like this, there are additional resources that open. So whether that's additional temporary shelters or in the North Country, that can be hotel rooms. Um, and that's about 350 additional beds that open up through those cold weather programs. Um, and then there are local warming centers and shelters that aren't affiliated with the state that are also available. The state says they're aware that many shelters have been operating at capacity and during cold emergencies like this, they work with them to expand that capacity. Um, and, you know, Granite State is looking for a warm place to stay can try calling 211 or their local welfare office um, or folks can look for a list of shelters on the health department's website. Or I'm thinking about power outages. We've got these gusty winds, and we know what happens when winds blow through in a rural state like this. We see power outages all the time, and during a cold snap, it is very dangerous. What should people do if their power goes out when it's this cold? Yeah, sure. So Eversource says they're monitoring the weather. Um, they say they're not anticipating major issues, but there could be power outages scattered across the state. The director of New Hampshire's Department of Homeland Security and Emergency Management um, yesterday cautioned Granite Staters to prepare for emergencies by making a plan with their household. So that can include preparing an emergency kit that has extra blankets and flashlights and batteries. The National Weather Service also recommends wrapping pipes and in insulation, um, sealing your windows, and keeping a slow, steady stream of water running from your faucets. Um, as we talked about earlier, there are warming centers that are available. And then, as with outages, always you know remember to report them to utilities. Um, stay away from any downed power lines, and don't run a generator indoors. Yeah, I know electric electric utility rates are are just you know they're sky high right now. The cost of heating oil, propane, all going up. What, what can people do to keep their energy bills down when temperatures are, are this low? Yeah, right. It's it's really expensive to heat and keep the lights on this winter. Um, you know, there's energy assistance 
programs available from the state's community action agencies. Um, that's still open for applications and more information about that can be found um, on NHPR's website or by reaching out to your local community action agency. Um, in the longer term, energy efficiency efforts like adding more insulation to your basement and attic and walls or sealing your windows and doors can really help too. The New Hampshire Saves program offers rebates for energy efficiency projects and the community action agencies can provide help with weatherization and efficiency projects as well. All right. Well, stay warm. And again, watch out for those, you know, frozen pipes. You get an old farmhouse, an old creaky house. You know what happens in these windy, cold uh, nights if you're an old New Englander. And uh, as, as Maura said, um, you know, uh, keep things sealed up if you can. Stay inside and, and watch out for the pets too. keep the pets inside for the next couple of days. Mara, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you, Rick. And HPR's Maura Hoplamazian. You can find more of their work and all the stories we talked about this morning, as always, at nhpr.org. We also suggest you check out the New Hampshire News Quiz. You're sitting inside. You can't go out anyway. It's a quick and fun and informative way to test your knowledge of the week's news. You can sign up to get the quiz emailed to you, or you can check it out. It's fresh every Thursday evening at nhpr.org slash quiz. And we're here next Friday with a new recap. I'm Rick Ganley. This is NHPR.